You are listening to a Crosspoint Peachtree City podcast. For more information, please visit our website at www.crosspointptc.com. It's a hymn of of royal kingship, declaring God's sovereign rule, power, authority in a world filled with stability and chaos, suffering and sorrow, a psalm meant to instill confidence and hope in God's people that God is in control of both the world and our very lives. If you pick up with verse one, this song begins with these lyrics, the Lord reigns, he is robed in majesty, the Lord is robed. He has put on strength as his belt. Yes, the world is established. It shall never be moved. Your throne is established from of old. You are from everlasting. The first three words in the English translation of this psalm act as something of a summary statement of the entire song. The Lord reigns, supreme in authority, supreme in power, supreme in wisdom. As David declares in Psalm 103, The Lord has established his throne in the heavens and his kingdom rules over all. The only sovereign, the king of glory, the earth, his footstool. One of my favorite passages in the Old Testament, Isaiah chapter 40, verses 22 and 23. It is he, the Lord, who sits above the circle of the earth and its inhabitants are like grasshoppers. That's you and me. It's he who stretches out the heavens like a curtain and spreads them like a tent to dwell in who brings princes to nothing and makes the rulers of the earth as emptiness. The Lord reigns, seated on the throne of heaven, sovereign over all things. Coming back to Psalm 93, robed in majesty is this God, girded in strength. In the words of one writer, characteristics so intrinsic to God's very being that it is as though he were clothed in them. The word majesty emphasizing his glory, The word strength, his readiness to enter into battle for his people. A divine warrior king who commands the hosts of heaven. Sovereign over every army in heaven and on earth. Sovereign over all of creation and all of history. The psalmist declaring, yes, the world is established. It shall never be moved. The sustainability of the created order as sure as the stability of God's rule and reign. Psalm 104 verse 5 puts it this way. He set the earth on its foundations, God did, so that it should never be moved. Sovereign over all of creation. Again, the stability of the created order, the world in which we live, as sure as the stability of God's rule and reign. The psalmist not only inviting us to consider God's work of creation, his sovereign reign over the things that he has made, But two, inviting us to consider the wonder of God's eternality. Your throne is established from of old, verse 2. You are from everlasting. In the words of one scholar, the eternal God who is sovereign over and above the vicissitudes of time, space, history. Psalm 90, verse 2 puts it this way. Before the mountains were brought forth, or ever you had formed the earth and the world, from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. 
the Alpha and the Omega, who is and who was and who is to come, Revelation 1.8, from everlasting to everlasting. The psalmist goes on to say in verse 3, the floods have lifted up, O Lord. The floods have lifted up their voice. The floods lift up their roaring. Mightier than the thunders of many waters, mightier than the waves of the sea, the Lord on high is mighty. Right? It's oftentimes not when uh, things are going well that people struggle with the sovereignty of God. It's when the waves are crashing down, when the, the sovereignty of God meets the suffering of man. The words of a, a suffering humanity, as many of you know, captured in the lyrics of the many lament psalms, which make up roughly a third of the psalms. A declaration that suffering and sorrow are undeniably part of the human experience. It's tragic how many churches have treated the Christian life as if there's no space to talk about those kinds of things. We live in a world filled with sin and suffering. None of us exempt from experiencing something of that brokenness. Here the psalmist using the language and imagery of lifting floods and thundering waters. Some scholars believing such language and imagery to be more literal in describing the power of creation to bring peril into our lives. After all, the sea was a, a symbol of chaos for the Israelites. The picture of the sea in Scripture described as such. I'm reminded of the disciples' fear uh, when they got caught in the middle of a great storm on the Sea of Galilee, one of the more famous stories in the gospel accounts. The picture of the sea in Scripture, one of chaos, so that in a literal sense, God is mightier than the rolling waves and crashing breakers of the deep. You can take a psalm like Psalm 93 and sit with it the next time a tornado blazes its way through the area. And be reminded of the power and might of our God over creation, over nature. Other scholars believing the, the floods and waters of Psalm 93 to be describing the unleashed chaotic forces of evil. Many among the pagans in the, the, the ancient Near East believing that there was a battle among the gods for power. One of those gods being the sea god Yom. Yom being the, the Hebrew word for sea. So that some understand Psalm 93 to be a, a declaration that Yahweh is mightier than any and all forces of, of evil and, and so-called gods. Too mightier than the nations that, that rise up against God's people in the name of those so-called gods. A God who, as we see in other Psalms, needs no uh, bows nor spears in order to bring down his warring enemies and foes. Again, a, a divine warrior king who commands the hosts of heaven. Sovereign over every enemy in heaven and on earth. Excuse me, every army. Bringing stability to his people in a world filled with instability and chaos. In the broadest sense, the language of floodwaters in the Psalms, capturing something of the inescapable sufferings and sorrows of, of life. Right, many of us have heard those floods lift up their voices. Maybe some of us even, even now you bring into this place this very morning, be it the floods of loneliness and despair, the roaring waters of cruelty and betrayal, the mighty waves of anxiety, depression, the thundering breakers of sickness and even death. 
For some in other parts of the world, the perilous waves of life-threatening persecution. These many waters rising up around God's people, flexing their muscles, so to speak. And yet, the cap of every wave, verse 4, falls infinitely short of our God, who is seated on the throne of heaven, the earth, including every stormy wave, his footstool. It's in our moments of greatest suffering and sorrow that our our storm-tossed souls, you might say, are most desperate for the truth of Psalm 93. The Lord reigns. Consider the power in those three English words. The waters of suffering, sorrow, and evil, they're mighty, but God's mightier. He goes on, the psalmist does in verse 5, to close out this song with these words. Your decrees are very trustworthy. Holiness befits your house, O Lord, forevermore. The, the, the creational language with which the, the psalm begins now giving way to covenantal language. This king of glory, sovereign and rule and reign over all of creation to the covenant Lord of his redeemed. Worthy of our obedience. Worthy of our glad submission. His decrees as king, very trustworthy, verse 5. Holiness befitting his house or his presence. His presence, a holy presence. His power, a holy power. In the words of one writer, the sea must obey the high king, so too must his people. Our obedience not only for his glory, but to the way of stability and peace in a world of disorder and chaos. Which we'll talk about even more next Sunday when we get into the language and imagery of Psalm 1 with its tree planted by streams of water representing those who meditate on God's word and walk in God's ways. That as the established world shall never be moved, verse 1, sustained by the Lord's rule, so God's people shall not be moved, verse 5, sustained by the Lord's word. His, His decrees or statutes, trustworthy. His promises, true. Which leads me to a question that I hope to answer throughout this series we've attempted to each week. Namely, how does this psalm point to Jesus? Well, Psalm 93 speaks of a world filled with thundering breakers of chaos and instability, the roaring floods of suffering, sorrow, and evil. And yet this psalm, too, speaks of a God of sovereign power who is in control, who fights for his people, and who is present among them. A royal kingship psalm declaring the sovereign rule and power of heaven's king. The Lord reigns. He whose throne is established from of old, who is from everlasting. Jesus, in a back and forth with the Jewish people, declared in John chapter 8, verses 56 through 58. Your father Abraham rejoiced that he would see my day. He saw it and was glad. In response, the Jews said to to him, to Jesus, you are not yet 50 years old and you've seen Abraham? And Jesus said to them, truly, truly, I say to you, before Abraham was, I am. Before Abraham was, I am. 
Jesus declaring himself to be the eternal son of God, not only preceding Abraham, but all of creation, from everlasting to everlasting, the Alpha and Omega, who is and who was and who is to come. The stability of the created order, verse 1, as sure as the stability of his rule and reign. Hebrews chapter 1, verse 3, says it this way. He, Jesus, very famous verse, is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of his nature. And he upholds the universe by the word of his power. All of creation, established and immovable because of the established immovable Christ. The one who stooped into the slums of our fallen, broken world that he might exercise the power of the divine over this storm-tossed world that you and I live in. Again, coming back to the disciples' fear when they got caught in the middle of a great storm at sea, the likes of which Matthew describes in his account using the Greek word seismos, literally meaning a shaking as an earthquake. A storm so intense that the boat began to to fill with water, causing a group of men, most of them fishermen by trade, to panic, to fear for their lives. But not Jesus, who woke from his sleep and with a word of rebuke stilled the storm, just as he had healed a leper with a word, just as he had forgiven a paralytic with a word. Wind and waves of seismic proportion immediately and decisively stilled by the word of Christ. In the words of one scholar, a mysterious supernatural calm that testified to the sovereign power of Jesus, but also the deep peace and security that belong to those who follow him. To use the language of Psalm 93, he who is mightier than the thunders of many waters, verse 4. Mightier than the waves of the sea. He who would go on to position himself under the storm of God's wrath, bearing the curse that was ours to bear at Mount Calvary, only to rise three days later, conquering the raging waters of Satan, sin, and death. As Colossians 2 so famously uh, puts it, And you, who were dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made alive together with him, having forgiven us all our trespasses by canceling the record of debt that stood against us with its legal demands. This he set aside, nailing it to the cross. Here it is. He disarmed the rulers and authorities and put them to open shame by triumphing over them. God did in him, in Christ. The risen, reigning Jesus, our ultimate stability in any storm, giving us courage to to fight the uncertainties of of life, quieting the waves of suffering and sorrow with his presence, with his power. King of kings, Lord of lords. In the words of the 19th century Dutch theologian Abraham Kuyper, there is not a square inch in the whole domain of our human existence over which Christ, who is sovereign over all, does not cry, mine. Not only the creator and sustainer of the universe, sovereign and supreme and rule and reign over all of creation, but to the head of the body, the risen Christ exercising sovereign lordship over the church. Coming back to Psalm 93, Jesus, the covenant Lord of his redeemed, worthy of our obedience, 
worthy of our glad submission. Not just Savior, but King, Lord. His decrees as King, very trustworthy. Verse 5, holiness befitting His house or presence. His presence, a holy presence, his power, a holy power. As the body and bride has sung for the last several hundred years, all hail the power of Jesus' name. Let angels prostrate fall. Bring forth the royal diadem and crown him Lord of all. He who will surely come again and all will bow before him every knee and all will confess his lordship every tongue. And he will still on that day the storms of suffering and sorrow forever. That is for those who have put their faith and trust in him. Restoring the the chaos of this broken world to order. The new heaven and earth, a place of peace and stability. And I love this. I love the way scripture takes this imagery of the, the raging seas and roaring waters And brings it to bear in the the second coming of Christ with beauty. We, his beloved, will join him with the angels in singing his praises. And it will be louder than the roaring floods and thundering breakers of this storm-tossed world. Listen to how Revelation chapter 19 verses 6 and 7 puts it. Then I heard what seemed to be the voice of a great multitude. Here it is. Like the roar of many waters. And like the sound of mighty peals of thunder. Crying out. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. For the Lord our God, the Almighty, reigns. Let us rejoice and exult and give him the glory. For the marriage of the Lamb has come and his bride has made herself ready. If you're going through a season of suffering and sorrow right now, disorder and chaos, be encouraged of what the future holds in this great story of redemption, the great happily ever after to come. And as we eagerly and longingly wait for that that great day of loudest praise, can I just remind us all this morning that our God is both sovereign over and present in every storm of life? Every storm of life meant to establish or, or deepen an anchor in our hearts, a ballast for our souls. Coming back to an example I've shared in the past Each of our daughters has a a stuffed bunny rabbit that they've had since they were born. This illustration is for you kids, Family Style Sunday. These bunnies, members of the family for years now, they're not going anywhere. Part of every bedtime routine, part of every family road trip, part of every grief-stricken moment, part of every need for comfort. Those stuffed animals, you can tell in the picture behind me, they've been run absolutely ragged including hundreds if not thousands of cycles through the washer and the dryer I'd like to think those stuffed bunnies are a little more real for all that wear and tear than they ever would have been if they remained on a shelf at arm's length from from all the things that make stuffed bunnies raggedy there's something real about a a child of God that suffered through a storm or two. Raggedy, yes, but with with an honesty and humility and a confidence and a calm. Knowing that, that God is doing something beyond our imagination, even when and especially when those breakers surround us. 
for his ultimate glory, for our ultimate good and joy. Again, he who is present with his people in every storm, whose power is sufficient to carry us through every storm. A presence and power both beautifully displayed in the person of Jesus Christ, Emmanuel, God with us. In a moment, we're going to continue to worship this God, this Lord who reigns, who is mightier than every breaker and crashing wave. This Lord who is with us. Again, I don't know what you bring into this place this morning. Surely not trying to pull at your heartstrings, but I would venture to guess that there are some who come in and you feel like you've been run ragged. And I pray that you would, in a way that a stuffed bunny could never truly experience, that, that you would experience the love of your maker and redeemer. He who holds you in his arms, a loving father, you his beloved son or daughter. I pray that we would all be reminded of that great happily ever after that awaits the people of God where all things raggedy will be set right and all the the, the chaos and disorder and suffering and sorrow and evil of this storm-tossed world will be eradicated forever. There's a lot to give God praise for this morning, no matter where we are in this moment in time and season in life. And so we're going to do that in a couple different ways. We're going to continue to to sing to the Lord before we move into the first lyrics of this next song. We want to give space, just a couple of minutes for you to meet with the Lord, trusting that for some of us, uh, he's already uh, brought to light the so what of our time in Psalm 93. For others, perhaps an opportunity to just sit with and, and pray. Perhaps prayers of supplication, need in a moment of difficulty, hardship, perhaps prayers of gratitude that the Lord has kept you, preserved you through the storms of your life, perhaps prayers that the Lord would deeply bury Psalm 93 down in the the deepest recesses of your being for a rainy day to come. And then we'll sing and we'll receive of the Lord's Supper. And if you're if you're not a Christian, we encourage you not to participate in the receiving of the bread and the cup. Uh, that your next step would be one of repentance and trust in Jesus for the forgiveness of your sins. But if you are a Christian, as many of you know, we take the, the bread representing the broken body of Jesus. And we dip it in the cup representing his shed blood. Uh, there are communion stations on either side of the stage, a gluten-free table in the back corner there. As you prepare to receive of those elements, which you're welcome to do at any point between now and the end of our service over these next few songs, as you do, uh, even just consider the the wonder of, of the imagery of Christ on the cross under the darkened skies of Jerusalem, a storm of its own, bearing the wrath that we so deserve that we might receive the blessing that's ours in him. Thanks for listening. If you have any questions about this message, visit us at crosspointptc.com. There you can contact us, find further resources, 
and directions to our gatherings. That's C-R-O-S-S-P-O-I-N-T-E-P-T-C dot com.